So, welcome to the podcast from Yogath. Today, Carl and I are going to play a game set in the Renaissance era. Uh, so, we're in the we're in the 1650s. Uh, this is a period after the English Civil War. So, this is when uh, England has no king. Mm. Uh, Puritans have formed a democratic parliament. They've beheaded King Charles. Oliver Cromwell is the Lord Protector. And everything's just a bit crazy. Uh, it's, a, it's just a really insane time in English history. Uh, I choose this period because I've studied it extensively and it's really easy to run games in the setting that you're most familiar with. True. And so outside of the present, this is probably the setting that I'm most able to sort of connect with and add nice little flourishes and details from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also because I think there's a lot of darkness and mystery and any time that follows from a significant social upheaval and war, uh, all of the social services and... Um, sort of niceties of daily life have broken down, similar to after World War One or World War Two or during the Great Depression. Uh, this is a period where uh, everybody's sort of at the end of their wits. And uh, I think that's... Uh, everyone's on low sand to begin with. It makes for a good game, right? Mm. <laughs> so Godswood is a large uh, town for its for its region and time. It's, it's about four or 500 people. So more than a few huts, uh, but not so big that uh, it, it's a trade hub or anything like that. This is a town that people come to and they live in for generations and that very few people pass through unless they're delivering a letter. It's not on the way to anywhere. It's not on the way from anywhere. Uh, it's a sort of economic backwater and it's largely self-sufficient for that purpose. So there's no huge exports from Godswood. There are no huge imports. They grow their own most things. Uh, and the town economy is really reliant on pigs and grain. You are of that former order of, <laughs> of peasant. Uh, you are a pig farmer. Now, what's your name? Alfie. Alfie the pig farmer. Uh, and you live in a, uh, a mud brick house. It's, it's quite poorly built. Um, it needs to be constantly repaired as walls collapse down. Uh, in this area, there is almost no naturally occurring stone or anything like that. So all the structures are built of mud brick and straw and wattle and daub, this sort of construction technique. And everything just looks like it's sloughing off in the rain. Mm. You know, half of the, half of the kitchen wall is wet at the moment because there's a big thunderstorm outside and the pigs uh, outside seem to have it about as well as you do your floors are about as muddy as a stall uh, the sheets on your bed are caked with mud uh, because of course it's been so cold of late and the wood's been so wet you haven't been able to have a fire so the last three nights you've slept in your boots your muddy sow stall mucked boots in the bed uh, the dogs all sleep on the beds around you as well and with the kids and with you you're all in one big room together Hmm. And uh, there's fleas through everything you own. It's not great for Alfie. <laughs> His average day is sort of wake up with the sunrise, uh, fix you know whatever fences have rotten and broken, uh, deal with uh, whatever the uh, mess is left as a, as a wolf might have taken off with a pig or something like that. But lately, Alfie's been noticing that more and more pigs have been going missing, and that's common. Uh, you expect a certain amount of loss. The wolves do get in and take pigs from time to time. Uh, but it's been, it's been excessive. Uh, you've had such significant losses in the last few weeks uh, that you're not sure if you can financially recover. 
Uh, you're not sure if you're even going to turn a profit uh, this year or whether you're going to have to take a loan from the mayor. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, Alfie Pigman, he's actually only got one family member, his daughter, Abby. His wife, Lucy, died um, 12 years ago, giving birth to Abby. Um, and since then, he's lived with Abby and his dogs. Uh, his favourite dog, and the only one with the name, Squire. Uh, humongous, but a big friendly giant. Mm, a big wolfhound. Mm. During the day, I tend to my pigs. I feed them. Lately, though, there's been fewer of them there. How many would you say that I've lost? Um, you, I would say you've got about 80 pigs total, which is decent. You know, you're not poor. In, in, well, you're, you're poor, but you're not poor by Godswood standards. Uh, but you've lost probably about six in the last month, which is significant. I rise out of bed. I put on my coat quietly, trying not to disturb Abby. And I motion to Squire, who's woken up, to follow me. I go out and I look out over the pigs. I do a head count. Are there any missing? That's, it's far too dark to do an accurate head count. Your pigs all sleep in mud, huddled around. and it, It's very hard to actually do an accurate count right now, as dark as it is. There's a light drizzling rain. Um... But you see uh, that the gate is ajar of the big pen. Fuck. I closed that, didn't I? You're quite sure you did. I go towards the gate, uh, my eyes adjusting uh, to the darkness. You can't see anything. Uh, you're... Uh, torch you're holding is sort of only illuminating about, you know, 12 feet in any given direction, and it's spattering in the drizzly light rain, but you can hear a dragging sound up ahead, a sort of a... <laughs> I put my torch to the ground and look for footprints. Uh, there is a disturbance in the mud. Uh, it looks like a big, like a, a drag mark, like something's been pulled across through the mud thickly, and there's, there's blood stirred through it. Uh, whatever footprints are ahead of it are dis disfigured and, and uh, buried in the dragging. Hmm. I know the smell of pig's blood well. <laughs> well, that's, you can smell it then. I follow the drag marks. Okay, the drag marks um, lead you out in the direction toward the Godswood. Uh, this is a forest just on the border of the town. The town is named after Godswood, but there actually is a forest called Godswood, hmm. which borders onto the town. Uh, and this is a forest that you know not to go inside of. Uh, you haven't been in this town for generations. 
you moved over here when you were young with your parents. Uh, you're not an insider yet. Uh, you've lived in this town since you were 10 years old, but you're still not one of them. You know, you still feel mm. like an outsider. But you do know enough to know not to go in to the godswood. People go missing. There are all sorts of things in there. Wolves and rumors of much worse things, darker things with no names. The dragging marks are off in that direction. Uh, but as you follow them, you can hear the sound getting closer and louder. I put my hand to the ground, feeling the blood. Is it still warm? Uh, well, no, everything's pretty cold. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Hmm. Um, it is, is it a moonless sky tonight? Uh, it's sort of a dull glow because the clouds are covering everything. I stand there as my torch is extinguished by the light rain. And then I stare into the edge of God's wood and um, eventually turn my back and trudge back inside. Okay, you make your way into your house, closing the pig pen gate behind you. Uh, can you roll spot hidden for me? 13. You notice that Abby is not in her bed. Abby? Abby? No answer. I search every room in the house. Not that there'd be many rooms. No, there's like two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's, a, there's no sign of your daughter. Okay. I hurriedly um, backtrack back outside and... Um, I look for prints. Yeah, this is just the dragging mark. But I can't see Abby's footsteps leaving no. the house. Squire, find her. Uh, he uh, runs forward chasing after the drag line into the darkness. And before you know it, he's out of eyeshot. You can't see where he is. Fuck. Now you're in almost complete darkness right now. Your torch is burnt down to a very dull glow. You can only see about three feet in any direction. I collect my axe, my leather hat, and a lantern with a few candles in it. Mm -hmm. And then I track out following Squire and the drag marks. Okay, well, Squire's nowhere to be seen. Squire ran off into the darkness. Uh, you're not sure where he went, but uh, you, you run uh, through the darkness, holding your lantern in front of you. Uh, it sort of bobs and sways and sputters, and so you're seeing things in a strobe light mm. configuration. It's this thing sort of flash in front of you as the lantern bobs and swings and dips mm. and spits. Uh, suddenly, you see ahead of you a figure, uh, like a person. Help! Help! Uh, you almost collide with them and stop short before you realize that it's Abby, <sighs> wearing Abby. a big hooded jacket. I embrace her. Abby, what were you doing? Where, where were you going? 
Uh, as you take a hold of her, uh, she screams and pushes you off. Abby! What? what? Where are we? You must have been sleepwalking. S- sleep? No. How? Why am I outside? It's so cold. It's raining, Abby. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Squire, he's... He, Squire's here, and she looks down and the dog is licking at her hand. And you notice as the dog licks at her hand uh, that she has blood uh, all around her hand up to about the wrist. I pick her up and carry her back into the house. Then put the lantern on the table, take off her coat, um, and as she's sort of whimpering, where are you hurt? I'm... I don't, I don't think I'm hurt. I'm cold, though. This blood. I trace the blood back to its origin. Yeah, there's no cuts on her or anything like that. I smell it. Pig's blood. <sighs> you gave me a right scare in Abby. Look. I don't want you going outside at night. I, I didn't mean to, Father. I don't know why I was out there. Truly. Okay, well, let's go back to bed then. We can talk about this in the morning. Can we light a fire? I'm so cold. Uh, All right. I gather some logs, set the fire going. All the logs are wet and refuse to light. You have a small amount of coal, which is about the last amount of coal you have. Well, I'll... Have to get some more coal in the morning, I say, as I light the coals. Um, Abby, Squire, and I sit huddled together before the fire. Mm. Uh, You fall asleep. Uh, You don't have any dreams that night, nothing nefarious, but Abby seems uh, not quite herself. She seems disoriented. And when you wake up in the morning, she's already got up and is out uh, feeding the pigs and tending to the fences and things. I trudge over to her. Abby, you're not usually up this early. I couldn't sleep. What's gotten into you, girl? I kept dreaming of um, a giant, some a tall man. Nightmares? Yes, yes. He was chasing me through the forest, and I I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd get to work, but... Uh, Father, one of the pigs is missing. Another one was taken last night. It's okay, you leave that to me. Just keep feeding them, I'm gonna go for a walk. I hand her the hand axe, and I'd like to followed the tracks once more over to the edge of the forest where I stood last night Um, and see I'm just going to walk start walking uh, cautiously into the god's wood Um, looking behind as well can I see Abby from here Um, yeah yeah she's just feeding the pigs and things like this as you walk forward into the forest you can see the drag marks continue quite 
quite a way in. Further than you've ever wanted to walk in yourself. Day. I turn back, walk back to the house, spend the rest of the day doing my usual menial duties before heading into town and leaving Abby to look after the homestead. Okay. Uh, well, you head into town that day, um, and uh, as you ride in, uh, you find that everybody is all abuzz. Am I riding on a horse? Do I have a horse? Yeah, you've, it's it's not a good horse. It's a very old and <laughs> badly kept horse. But yeah, you have a horse. Great. Okay. Uh, so you ride into town. Uh, everybody is all abuzz and uh, very excited because a witch finder has come to town. Witch finder. You think it must have something to do with the new priest? Uh, you see, the new priest. Uh, who took over after the Civil War, the, the Puritan that was sent by Cromwell himself uh, was named uh, Praise God Silversmith. Uh, but he's gone completely mad in his short residence. Uh, he only lasted about two weeks before he broke. And uh, nobody's quite sure what happened to him or, or what's going on. He's been confined to the rectory uh, where he has uh, just one of the women of the town attend to him on a daily basis to see that he needs nothing. Um, but because he stopped answering letters and stopped sending letters, uh, there's been some suspicion. Uh, a few letters arrived in the town, which were publicly known about uh, from London, uh, asking what was going on and why it was that the, the new priest hadn't been giving his reports. Um, but though the mayor sent replies, they never really seemed to reach London. So here is this witchfinder walking into town, you think probably in connection with that. I collect my charcoal and a few other odds and ends, um, including a, a knife, which costs a small fortune for me, but um, for weeks now I've been saving, saving up for it. Um, and then... I ask around town, where's the witch finder? Yeah, he's, in the, he's in the tavern, of course. I head into the tavern. Mm. You walk into the tavern, uh, the grey mare, uh, and you can see uh, through the smoky haze, uh, because the tavern's chimney has been blocked for a few months now and nobody's bothered to fix it, so the, the tavern just fills up with smoke all through the day. You can see through the smoky haze that the villagers are all sort of crowded around petitioning this sullen-looking hooded figure sitting at a table with a large tankard of ale. Um, he has at his side a large bag uh, which has a wooden case hanging from it so that it would hang you know, around his waist as he walked, uh, which seems to be shaking or moving. It's an odd sight. The people are lining up around him, you know, asking him for help or trying to get news. It's not common that news comes to Godswood. So whenever an outsider turns up, they're usually hassled. Leave the man alone. He's only just arrived in town and sat down for a pint. Oh, Alfie, let the people have their turn. 
He's been sitting here quiet all morning while we ply him with liquor and food. Still hasn't said a word to us narrowly, except which way to my room and what kind of beer do you have? Maybe that's because you're starting to piss the bugger off. Uh, He came in pissed off. Look at that glint in his eye. Man's trouble. I know trouble and I see it. Don't need more trouble in God's wood. God knows we have enough. Now the man talking to you is... Uh, Samuel, the innkeeper. Uh, he's, uh, he looks sort of like a sausage personified. He's this big, uh, thin-skinned fat man who has a nose covered in gin blossoms and perpetually stained clothing. He smells like raw meat. Fuck off, Sammy. I turn to the witchfinder, sort of cutting through the crowd a bit, and um, go up to his ear. If it's a witch you're looking for, I know where she is. And I turn around and walk out of the bar. As you walk away from the Witchfinder, all of a sudden you feel yourself unable to lift your legs. You take about three, four steps, and then suddenly you're paralyzed. And you look around and you see everybody in the room standing still. And the Witchfinder is looking at you. He's lifted his hood, and as he stares at you, his eye patch over one of his eyes just seems to shimmer faintly. And you hear his voice, whispered, but it somehow reaches you across the room. Meet me out back in uh, ten minutes. I'd like to finish my beer. shaken I turn um, I look down at my legs and sort of try and get them working again and then scramble out the back of the pub um, terrified hurriedly wondering should I stay and speak to this this sorceress should I go Uh, the time passes very quickly as you panic And suddenly uh, you see the door flung open and people sort of crushing around and he slams it back, pushes them back. Says, leave me a minute. I need to piss. Walks out toward you. And he holds out his hand. Uh, He has huge, strong hands. They look like leather, cracked with scars all over and strange bite marks and cuts all over his skin. Black Durban, pleased to meet you. Alfie Pigman. I shake his hand. He shakes yours back. (laughs) (laughs) And he looks at you, waiting for you to say something. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, God. It it started happening a few weeks ago. Uh, You see, I'm I'm a pig man. Humble. You already said. Yes, yeah, sorry, sir. A humble swine herder. And, well, my pigs have been going missing. Six in the last two weeks or so. And what makes you sure that it isn't wolves? Well, it's not just that. Pigs are 
Shatner slaughtered on the spot and then dragged into the... into the god's wood. I've seen wolves do it like that. Take an animal by the throat, bleed them dry, and drag them into the forest. It's not just that, sir. My daughter... Abby... She's been having these... these dreams. We all have dreams, big man. Well, maybe you're right. It's just... At night... I know there's something there. And I haven't seen the tread or heard the howls of a wolf. Listen. I don't have any intention of staying in this tavern. It's too crowded and too many people. I'd prefer to be somewhere I can keep my wits about me. Take me to your home. Perhaps I can stay there tonight. I can keep watch or here if there's anything strange. and You can tell me what the bloody hell is going on in this place. You've got a deal. Yes. Well... Let me gather my belongings and my horse. I'll follow you now. Abby! Got somebody here. Stay in the night. He takes a, a long look at your daughter. And he sort of looks perplexed. Like he's weighing her. Curious. Abby, did you say? And he holds out his hand. Black Durban. Pleased to meet you. Apologies for my voice. I took a musket ball to the throat some years ago, and I can't speak except in this coarse whisper. <laughs> but I promise, I mean well. And he steps off his horse and carries his belongings and also picks up the uh, pile of, of firewood that Abby was carrying under a single arm, and you realize how enormously strong this man is as he effortlessly lifts what took your daughter all of her strength to barely drag. Where shall I put this? She remains silent uh, and gestures over to um, an alcove where we put out wood. Uh, she isn't frightened by the man, but she looks at me confused. Black Durban house is this way. Yeah, he, he starts walking toward your house, uh, but he, he takes a look at it and says, No offense, pigman, but I might pitch a tent and sleep out here. I'd prefer to be in the open air anyway. Suit yourself. Thank you. It doesn't appear that there'd be much room for me anyway in that place. I'd rather not deprive you of a bed. Uh, Black Durban removes a huge pack roll from his horse and uh, begins to set up a tent. He, he's very wordless. He doesn't seem to have much to say or or much uh, conversation to make. He is very to the point. And you find yourself standing around wondering what you've got yourself in for and what this man is doing here and why he decided to have him. And he doesn't seem to make you any more comfortable about the prospect. Um, I take Abby inside and uh, light some of the coals. And we sit there in silence for a while, then... Look, he's here to help. Found him in town. 
Uh, he's gonna ask you some questions. Uh, just... Father, just, he has a mean look to him. Yes, but... You know, I don't like something about him. He's a dangerous man. Well, he has to be. He's, he looks like a murderer. He's a witch finder, love. A witch finder? Here in Godswood. I thought they were all in stories and things. Well, we need him. After all that's Why been happening... Why do we need a witch finder? After last night. Well, I had some bad dreams. Wolves took a pig. Well, what's that got to do with witch finders? Listen, just go along with him. Speak to him. Tell him about your dreams. Maybe it's nothing, but only he can say. Very well. Send the girl here. I'll need a moment in private with her. We can talk inside if you're willing to wait out here, sir. All right, I'll, I'll keep watch. Before we go inside, that mark on her face, is it a birthmark? Has she always had it? No, no, uh, just a rash she got when she was, well, about four years old. Anything strange happened at that time? Nightmares, dreams. She sometimes dreamt of her mother, although she never met her mother. Very strange. Well, come on, girl. Inside with me. You see him pick up his pack. He has his large wooden box that's sort of draping from his, his pack that hangs around his waist. It looks very heavy, but he's able to lift it very effortlessly. The box rattles a bit and shakes like there's something inside it. And he walks the girl inside and closes the door. You sit outside and smoke your pipe for a few minutes while you wait. And then you hear a loud scream from inside the house. I run in. The door bursts open and you see uh, Black Durban is clutching at his face, which is profusely bleeding. And uh, your daughter also has blood coming from her face. Uh, around the rash and she sprints out of the room past you and says he jabbed me with a pin Durban what the devil he looks up at you and his face has been slashed with a knife that you see your daughter is holding well (laughs) she's a devilish little wench but I don't think she's a witch now do you have any bandage You look at his face, it's a a tangle of scars already. You don't think he's too worried about whether or not it'll scar. But the bleeding is pretty severe. Alright. Abby, put that knife away. Go for a walk. I'm sure he meant no harm. Go inside and... This man is the devil, Father, and you've brought him into our home. She walks out of the house. Uh, Black Durban smiles up at you, sort of his menacing, scarred, cracked, leathery face. He, he is very uh, dark-featured. He's not hes not got black skin or anything like that, uh, but he has black hair, almost black eyes. Well, black eye, one of them is covered with an mm. eye patch. 
uh, and a very dark stubble, but he's got so many scars crisscrossing his face that his beard grows in like a horrible mess. Um, I'm fearful of Black Durban, but I know that he is the only one who could help. Um, so <laughs> I put my fears aside, trusting that he is an honourable Christian man. Well, he certainly has a lot of crucifixes on him. <laughs> <laughs> you see him uh, take a large steel pin, and like a huge steel... It's, it's like a knitting needle, but much mm. sharper at the end. A huge steel pin. Uh, and he puts it back into a leather pocket at his leg. You asked about Abby's deformity. A witch's mark. I had to be sure. When a witch makes a pact with the devil, he kisses her. The kiss leaves a mark. A place usually much more secret than the face. The mark is a sign that she's made a covenant with the devil. and For as long as she lives, that mark won't feel pain. The best way to be sure, if a girl is a witch, is to drive a needle into the spot. See if it bleeds. See if she screams. Well, I think you can be certain that Abby is not a witch. No. Just a regular girl. But there is a strange pallor on her I can't quite place. So. Don't ask me how, but I have my ways of knowing there is something wrong with your daughter. She has been uh, acting strangely of late. Uh, ever since the pig started going missing and things started, well, getting weird around here. Tell me this town. Um, what happened to the, the rector of the parish? I've come on behalf of him at most, but I haven't seen him yet. Well, I don't pay attention much to the gossip around town, but... The man went mad. He'd only been in office a week or so before. We heard ranting and raving from inside the church. Do you remember anything strange that happened leading up to his madness? No. No, I don't. Curious. I'll have to meet the man. Is he still in the town? I believe so. He won't be for long. In fact, I thought you'd come here to, uh... Well, dispose of him. You must understand that after the war, many places had reverted to old ways, if you will. We sent new rectors to every parish that we were unsure of. Uh, so as to make sure that... Christianity would return to these dark lands after a long time of its absence. Preachers of the pure faith, like your own uh, rector, praise God. You know that that's actually his name. Uh, praise God is the yeah. name of the uh, Puritan rector. He was a good man. I knew him myself. I find it hard to believe that he's gone mad. He was always very rational. Very... Calculating, meticulous, sharp-witted. Very strange to hear indeed, but... Many of these 
New rectors we've sent out haven't last very long at all, usually because they've been killed by the local townsfolk or driven out. It's been my job to make follow-ups to the appointments. We feared the worst for yours after we stopped hearing back from the town. But it sounds that something stranger than I expected has happened. Black Durban, I'm interested to see what your investigation uncovers, but would you at some point accompany me into the Godswood? Tell me about the Godswood. Well, not much is known about it. I'll never go in there. Although the other day, for the first time in years, I stepped foot past the threshold. I was only there for a moment, but it was a terrifying place. I found tracks leading, bloodstained tracks leading from one of my pens into that terrifying forest. I think it likely that it was just wolves, don't you think? Mm. This particular swine was the largest of the group. It was butchered. There was blood everywhere. Listen, take me to the church. There's no time to waste. I should beat the priest, but after that, tonight, perhaps we can examine this forest of yours. At night? Well, if there are strange things at foot, they're not like to be about in the broad of the day, are they? Aunt Urban, you are a braver man than I. Not brave. Only inquiring. Now please, take me to see this priest. Very well. I call out to Abby. Tell her to keep the pigs in line. And we mount our horses. Ride on towards the village. As you ride, uh, Durbin doesn't talk much. He he does say um, a little bit about you know his his work and his job and the places he's travelled. Uh, he tells you that the last time I saw, uh, praise God, was back in college. We studied together at Jesus College in Cambridge. That was a different time, and he was very young then, only 16, 17. Devilishly handsome, though. I tend to think that if we'd kept celibacy of the priesthood, he never would have chosen it. The man was destined to marry. Tell me, did he marry when he came here? Not that I know of. Who tends to him now, then? An old lady. What's her name? Leanne. Leanne, you say? Yes. And uh, what is her occupation? Well, she is a nurse of sorts. She is, uh, has some training in the ways of herbs and remedies. 
Frankly, I think she's a bit mad herself. I see. He seems troubled by these revelations. As you near the rectory, you can see that the garden has completely grown out of control. Now the house, which was once meticulously prim and proper, is now uh, derelict, and the church itself is uh, crumbling. Uh, there's clearly been no upkeep, no maintenance, uh, no cleaning, nothing, no gardening, done for quite some time. Mm. You don't go to church often yourself, so you're not really aware of how long this has been going on for. Mm. But it doesn't look good. As you reach the house, um, you see in the window the old woman taking care of, praise God. And she looks at the window toward you and sort of quickly draws the shutter and scurries off. I knock heavily on the door. It creaks open, but just an inch, and you can see that there is a chain bolt holding it so that it couldn't be thrown open wider. Leon, it's me, Alfie. Who is that man you've brought with you? He... His name is Black Durban. What is his business here? He looks like no good. Yes. He looks like a killer. Don't let his visage scare you. Leon! You hear crying from the back of the house. Leon! Take it away! I must go, sorry. And she goes to push the door closed. But before she can bolt it, Black Durban's foot thrusts forward and kicks the door open, snapping the chain and crumbling the wood where he kicked. It was a solid back. hardwood door. You can see that his boots cracked it where he kicked with tremendous force, like a boulder rolling down a hill. Now Leanne is thrown wide, and Black Durban wordlessly storms in, heading toward the wailing voice. Praise God, is that you? I follow Black Durban, ignoring Leanne, follow him towards, praise God. As you walk down the hallway, uh, a smell fills your nose. It's a horrible smell. It smells like unwashed bodies and uh, unchanged uh, soiled linens and bedpans unemptied. It smells like a derelict sick room and a leper colony all rolled into one. I turn back and give Leanne a a glare. She glares back. <laughs> She's sitting on the ground uh, nursing uh, what you think might be a broken wrist. Uh, you turn back and head toward the room and as the door opens, you and Black Durban walk in and find, uh, praise God, uh, the... Once very proud and dignified-looking intelligent man, young and bright-eyed, is white-haired, disheveled. His skin looks translucent, uh, tying his ankles and his wrists to the bedposts, uh, sheets that are restraining him. And uh, he's covered in scratches. His own fingernails are bitten off and his lips are chewed as though he's been chewing his own lips. What devilry is this? You don't understand. He he needed to be restrained. He's out of control. Leon! He screams wildly. He 
He has fits. I, I couldn't deal with it. I, I had to tie him up. I had to. He was going to hurt me or hurt himself. Woman, bring me water. Bring me wine. Bring me fresh sheets. For God's sake, open a window. It smells like a morgue in here. She scowls and does what he says. As you look at, uh, praise God, he is uh, a shadow of a man. Uh, you can see that he's looking at something on the ceiling, which uh, he fears is coming toward him. He's cowering back from something as though it's grabbing at him or chasing him. But as you look up, you can see nothing. I go up and put my hand on his forehead. Try and look in his eyes and see if I can get some sort of recognition. Uh, no, he seems to look right past you, but for a moment he fixes on you, and he recoils. You! Hi! Hi! Oh! Ha! Help me! The, the Great One is coming! 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 Hide me! Hide me! Hide me! Hide me! Witchfinder, you must extricate the devil within him! I don't believe there is a devil within this man. What do you mean? This is... Human insanity. Human insanity? Yes. Demonic possession is characterized by great strength. Were a devil in this man, these poor knots wouldn't hold him. But as it is, my four friend, praise God, he is completely overwhelmed. Something is sucking the life from him. No, no. Something has sucked the life from him. And he walks over to praise God. And he takes from his pocket a small bottle with a stopper, removes the cork, and pours a single droplet of it into Praise God's mouth, who immediately sags. He just becomes, all of a sudden, much calmer. Praise God, it's me, a friend, Durban. Durban, who? Hide, who? It's Derby. Derby, is that you? Yes. Yes, it's me. Tell me. What did you see? I... I... It was a giant, Derby. A giant, like in the stories. He leaned right into my house. Leaned in through the window. His face filled the whole frame. Oh, the colors of his eyes swelled so terribly. And his teeth. I swore he was going to eat me, Derby. I swore he was going to eat me. I must close the window. Untie my hands. Very well. I'll untie you. I'll loosen your restraints. And he unties. Praise God's hands. And just as he does... Uh, Leanne comes into the room carrying a, a pot of water and as uh, Black Durban gets up to retrieve it um, you immediately see out of the corner of your eye uh, that Praise God snatches something from Durban's pocket. Durban, watch him. As Durban turns around and looks toward Praise God uh, Praise God looks back and 
helplessly, pathetically, murmurs, I'm sorry, I just can't bear to look anymore. And he pulls from his pocket the thing which he'd secreted away from Durbin's coat, a small stiletto knife. And quickly, before you can even move, he bolts the blade into each of his eyes, one after the other. Punch, punch. And begins to scream as the blood pours forth. Durbin reaches forth a hand to restrain him, but before he has, uh, your priest, praise God, who drives this stiletto knife into his own temple and into the frontal lobe of his brain. He begins to convulse and bleed and then go still. I'm frozen in horror, watching over this scene. There's a blood pools on the ground. Praise God. Releases his final whimper. I look over at Leanne. I told you he had to be restrained, you fools. I'll leave you to deal with the mess of this. She walks out. Black Durban. What are we to do? Well, I suppose we'd better dig a hole. 